Hey folks, Jeremiah Wood here with the Trapping Today podcast episode 58. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to have you here. I'm not in the fur shed because it's awfully cold in the fur shed right now and I didn't want to start a fire to do the intro to this podcast. Uh, but the Trapping Today podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. Thanks for Cots Brothers. Uh, Kyle and Kellen Cots out of Savannah, Illinois, trapping supply company with pretty much everything you're going to need to get started trapping. So check them out. Uh, they're very, very easy to order online from their website, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Lots of specials, lures and baits, whole pile of different things. So uh, check out Cots Brothers and thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast and bringing this show to you every week. Um, fun fact, uh, be careful with your phone around traps. <laughs> so um, this week, uh, kind of a funny thing happened. So I'm looking right now at a huge spiderweb crack on the top corner of my cell phone. And a non-trapper would probably never guess how this crack got started. Uh, I was actually uh, taking pictures of some traps, some... Uh, Oh, I had a number one long spring I was taking pictures of because I was listing them to sell on eBay. I picked up a bunch of used traps and I was sorting through them, keeping some and selling some. So I was taking a picture with my phone and the phone slipped out of my hand just a little bit and that top of that phone fell right on the pan of that trap and the jaws came up and snapped right into the phone and <laughs> made a nice crack. But it's still working. So anyway... uh that's what's going on here, I guess. Doing a, doing a pile of different things. Uh, got some interviews coming up for you for the for the uh, upcoming some upcoming episodes of the podcast and lots of different things to talk about. But uh, the general trapping season is over he, up here uh, for the most part in the next couple of days, and the under ice beaver trapping season uh, is is wide open. It's been open for a while, but my beaver trapping is just about to get started. So I've been doing a little bit of scouting. I'm really excited to get going and make some sets and to talk to you guys about what I find, what I do, what I learn, and uh, document a bunch of that. So I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, if you listen to Coyote Trapping School podcast with Chris Pope, uh, he did an interview with me that will be in an upcoming episode of that podcast. I had a lot of fun talking with Chris. Um, it, he, uh, I think he, <laughs> he, he learned how much of a talker I am when you get started on topics about trapping in Maine and uh, just trapping in general. I just love, love talking, with it, uh, talking with people about trapping. and It's cool to have someone that's interested in the same things that I am. So that was cool. And then I interviewed Chris, uh, and that'll be on... Uh, probably episode 59 of the Trapping Today podcast. I'll, I'll probably boot up that interview. But in tonight's episode, I have a really fun interview I did with Cole Porter. Cole is a fellow trapper from northern Maine, and if you listened to earlier episodes, you heard us uh, doing some recordings. We did a podcast after we left Neil Olson's uh, New England Trappers Weekend this summer. Uh, we did some scouting out in the woods, uh, and put out boxes for Martin trapping, and then uh, he went when I was down and injured, sick, wounded on my deathbed. He uh, he went and drove my truck for me, and we recorded a podcast as we were pulling my traps um, earlier this season. So anyway, uh, I had wanted to do this for a while. I wanted to talk with Cole about what it's like uh, getting started trapping without really having anybody to help you get going. 
and using online resources, using the internet to learn about trapping and how he did it and and what advice he could offer and we talked about all kinds of different things related to that so if you're a new trapper uh, I hope you'll find it useful and informative and maybe help guide you uh, towards a few different ways of getting started and if you're an old trapper maybe you find it kind of interesting too how the the trapping world has changed so with that thanks so much for tuning in guys uh, pick up a copy of my book fur profit trapper's guide to the modern fur market you can get that from our sponsored cots brothers you can also get it from me at trappingtoday.com and, and a number of other places um, got a little bit of long distance call lure left if you're looking to uh, to get some real skunky strong LDC lure for your trap line uh, you can check that out at trappingtoday.com I uh, gotta make up some more that I'm pretty much sold out um, but anyway I hope you are having a great time on the trap line this winter and let's uh, get into the interview okay alright Cole Porter trapper from northern Maine what's going on Going good. Weather's been warmed up quite a bit, and we lost a lot of that snow we had. Yeah, how much snow you have right now? Oh, looking at it on my lawn, I, there's bare spots, so not much, and maybe it's still you know over a foot in the woods in places, but um, definitely knocked down. It hardened up overnight, so yeah, I think we lost a foot, at least a foot out in the open here, but we had like two and a half feet, so. Yeah, yeah, still a lot of snow. I noticed the the deer are getting around a lot better. They were, oh, they starting to branch out a little bit more with that rain. They were maybe fifty yards from my house. Big group of them yesterday. Nice. So, uh, are you still running a line? Well, we're only in a few traps out right now. The uh, the deep snow really. Held me back. No way to get in the woods. My sled's broke. And I can't get in the woods of the truck. At least I couldn't. So I was... I put a few boxes out on foot. And those have been out for over two weeks, I think, now. But no no luck so far on those. I've had some, some weasels go in and either set the trap off or steel bait. And uh, some refusals from Fisher. But... That's it so far with that. Yeah, those are always fun. <laughs> so yeah, but you're trapping. You're uh, you're learning things. How long you been trapping anyway? Oh geez, I think this is only my third fall trapping. Yeah. So that's kind of it's kind of interesting to me because I've I've sort of had the chance to watch you get started a little bit and. Uh, think thinking back to when i was starting trapping and i didn't have anybody to to teach me about trapping so uh, it's kind of interesting to watch but uh i wanted to ask you like when you when where did you first hear about trapping what was it that got you interested uh, how did you find out about it and 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 what made you want to trap well growing up i never knew anyone who trapped like you know i knew of people who trapped in the area but I never knew them, you know, in person. You know, I did, uh, well, my pa- my parents don't trap or anything like that. So I think in back in that time, there wasn't even anything um, like TV shows that showed people trapping. Those are all more recent. Uh, 
you know, ones like Life Below Zero, Mountain Man, The Last Alaskans. Um, I don't think there were any trapping shows being aired at all at that time. I had a couple of classmates that did a bunch of trapping in middle school and high school, but, um, you know, I wasn't close friends with them or anything. I remember listening to some of their stories and thinking it was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and once I was at college up, up north, um, I can remember seeing a lot of um, trapping photos popping up on Facebook and stuff from a lot of the guides up there. Yep. You know, they're always posting it, kind of keeping some action going on their uh, Facebook pages through the end of the winter. And, and that's about the same time that the whole Lynx issue really heated up here in Maine, and there was a lot of... Um, talk about that in the news and I remember reading pretty much everything I could find about that um, the court documents and everything <laughs> and I, I realized that I was pretty interested in trapping to be sitting around doing that you know in my free time sure you know <laughs> yeah I mean I you know I knew I got thinking about it to realize that you know we had been through a referendum here in Maine that was pretty rough shortly a ways before that and I knew that trapping was probably going to end up having uh, people come to Maine trying to stop it so I figured you know I wanted to get into it and do my part you know to kind of represent Maine trappers in a positive light and uh, it appealed to me a lot because I uh, would be able to spend more time in the woods yeah. Well, I knew I could. I knew I'd be able to trap at night and go out on Sundays. Mm-hmm. The Sundays is, is no such thing here in Maine. Um, and I was busy with school and work most uh, most days, so going out in the outdoors more was pretty appealing. Um, you know, and another thing that really want, made me want to get into trapping was you know the animals. Of course, uh, always been interested about stuff like that and I think trapping has really helped me learn a lot more about all these animals that we have in Maine that you know we have them all around us but we don't necessarily ever see them exactly so. yeah how many people see Martin Fisher uh, you know people might see a skunk or a coon but you know uh, yeah. when you get up close and personal all, all those animals and, and really get to learn you get to see them and you also yeah. get to learn their habits. I, I think it's it really is a, a big educational experience uh, as well. So Oh definitely. Like I still have only ever saw one Martin in the wild. Yeah. One Martin, that's it. You know, I saw a bunch quite a few fishers, but um I think the Martin are just a little bit more elusive. They they're I think they're quick to get away if a person's around and they're able to yep. realize it and be gone. Yeah, but, they're not out in the open much either. That too, and you know, I was, when I saw it, I was sitting in the thick woods, so you know, just sitting in a tree stand. So that that's really the only way I would have saw it. But now, I mean, I I wouldn't have known. I didn't know a lot about the habitat types and stuff like that, or even behavior of really all of these animals that we trap for here. So yeah, really, you're forced really to learn been, about it, right? Because if uh, yeah, that's, that's what you need to know to be able to catch them. So, yeah, and that trying to outsmart them and stuff like that. So that that can be pretty hard. And uh, the way I learned is even harder, I think, than learning from a person. But 
<laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things you, you mentioned earlier that I hadn't really thought about was uh, there was, we, we take it for granted now that there was a time when there was very little information out there on trapping uh, for just the, the average uh, young outdoors person. Like, if you didn't read Fur Fishing Game, uh, you didn't have all of these uh, all of these TV shows that are popping up, like you mentioned. You know, we we never had that. We thought, I when when uh, when those shows like Life Below Zero and and uh, Mountain Men and Yukon Men, when those shows were coming out, I was thinking, man, people are gonna kill this. The the animal rights people are gonna be all over it. Nobody can show trapping on TV, and it's actually been really popular. And I, I think for the most part, it's represented trapping in a pretty good light. Uh, but it's also like guys like you that didn't know much about trapping, just didn't, you didn't think about it. You know, naturally you were probably inclined to be a trapper, but you, you didn't know it was out there until you saw this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And trappers are, you know, you know, how we are, we're kind of secretive. We, if we're <laughs> trapping, we're out either at night or on Sundays. We're not marking out where our sets are really good, on, you know, for many reasons. And um, so even if I was out hunting, I was out there all the time. I probably was meeting, you know, trappers every fall out in the woods that were just doing their thing. But yeah. even if I stopped and chatted with them quick, you know, I, if they didn't say I'm out here trapping, which most of them probably wouldn't, I would have no idea yeah. that they were even doing that, you know. So I, I do. Yeah, I'm tired. I try to tell people I'm trapping just for that reason. I know there's a risk there because you could, you know, you could risk losing fur and have guys mess with your stuff. But, uh, I, I just like to tell them just so they can see a face of someone who's trapping and, and the trapper isn't automatically like considered a bad guy. You know, you have a, have a conversation with him and wow, that guy's pretty nice. And, oh, he's a trapper. Cool. Um, but I am guilty. I'll say that I'm guilty when I first started trapping I was I was sneaking in on people's sets. <laughs> it was just because I wanted to learn more about how they were setting up. And uh, I remember there's a guy that trapped Martin and Fisher around where I lived. And I, I found myself driving down the road uh, during trapping season. And I'd see his flagging. And I'd see footprints you know, in the snow walking to the sets. And I'd walk right up to his sets. And, oh, here's what he did here. And uh, how he set the trap up. And what he's using for bait. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, and you probably learn quite a bit just from seeing by looking. You know, I, and I mean, yeah, when you talked about new information now available on the Internet, stuff like that, back in even until probably the last 15 years or so, or maybe even 10 years, so much of it, you know, it would have cost a lot of money to get your hands on it. You're paying, you know, $30, $40 for a DVD, you're buying a book, yeah. and then... You know, you got to wait to have it shipped to you. And I mean, just getting into trapping alone as a young person is expensive Absolutely. because you're starting it fresh, you know, no gear, no traps. So having to buy the knowledge too is going to be difficult. Yeah. So that brings up a good question. Uh, the knowledge that you have about trapping right now, if you were to, to guess, um, <laughs> how, how much of it do you think you learned online? Oh, I'd say probably, I bet 80, 80% is from the internet. <laughs> That's pretty I cool. mean, really, 
because I've watched, um, when it comes down to it, you know, I've spent, I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours, <laughs> you know, on either forums or on YouTube, so, right, that's not exaggerating, it's, it, I don't know how many hours it is, but it's, it's hundreds, so, yeah, it's been three or four years of it, and I don't, you know, I don't pay for television, I have, I just use the internet for entertainment like that, so if I'm sitting around, that's probably what I'm doing, so. You're watching a trapping video. So. I'm watching trapping videos, or, you know, I'm sitting reading forums and stuff like that, and it's usually, a lot of it's trapping related, so. Yeah. So what are the sources uh, that you find inf- trapping information online? You want to you wanna list, uh, call, throw out a few of those? Yeah, um, let's see. So I know the big one's going to be YouTube, right? Yeah, YouTube, you know, and then there's this Trapper Man, and Trapper Man has uh, trapping forums. And uh, really, anytime you, you know, watching YouTube, you you come up with questions, and uh, you uh, you don't have an answer to them. Uh, some of that stuff can be, you know, a little bit more complex stuff, maybe with, like, trap maintenance or modification, fur handling. If you Google search your question, it's likely that someone else has already asked it on Trapper Man. Yeah. So you know that's great. You go on there, and there's a lot of a lot of guys on there that are pretty knowledgeable that are willing to help people out. So I don't know. I think there's there's probably a couple other forums that there's some trapping stuff thrown up on, but Trapper Man's definitely the one that has the most. Yeah. And then you know, more recently, I've been getting into listening to more podcasts, so podcasts like, you know, yours and the Clint Locklear's podcast, Trapping Radio, uh, Trapping Inc. has a podcast, Coyote Trapping School, and then there's some stuff, you know, trapping related on Tundra Talk coming out of Alaska as well. Yeah. Those are kind of my favorite because uh, I don't like to sit down and watch video. I'm, I'm always on the go, I guess. Uh, it takes a lot yeah. of commitment to sit down and watch a YouTube video. Yeah, and I have a, now, more recently, I have a long commute to work, so I have plenty of time now to listen to all those podcasts every week. Yeah. Try to keep up on them, that's good. Like, more, you know, it's good entertainment while I'm driving, I can just have it Bluetooth to my car right off my phone, and... Yep. Definitely, you know, learn something. It's entertainment, nothing, nothing else, so. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and one of the things that uh, I will throw out as a, a tip for people is uh, it costs money, but I I found a huge, huge um, advantage. I I subscribe to this uh, YouTube Red. Have you heard of YouTube Red? I have, yeah. That's the one without without ads? Yes, so basically... And it lets you play it in the background, too. Yes. You close the screen. Exactly, yeah. and that's the reason I pay... I think $10 a month for that. And it's the best $10 a month I've spent on anything because I can pull up a YouTube video and I blank out my screen. Cause if I, if you just leave it running and then you put your phone in your pocket, you're, it's going to mess up the video. It's going to shut it off. It's going to click on things. Uh, I, yeah. I pull up a YouTube video. It's usually something that you don't need to be watching to learn from. And I'll, yeah. I'll black out the screen I'll put my phone in my pocket and I'll just listen to it just like I'm listening to a podcast. So uh, that that has been incredible because uh, not only trapping but all kinds of different 
topics. Uh, you can listen to like uh, presentations, uh, TED Talks, all, all kinds of things that are posted up on YouTube that you, you don't need to sit down and look at a screen to see. So, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, one of the ones there's I do. So, there's so much on there, too, on oh, YouTube. Yeah. So. Well, that one, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about probably some individual channels, but the one is, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Vandermeer Trapper, Trapping World. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I listened to his whole book. He read his whole book that he wrote about when he started getting trapping. I listened to that whole thing. Um, it was in, a I don't know, four or five different parts. And, I, and for hours, I just had my phone in my pocket and tuned into YouTube Red and, and uh, skinning fur and doing different things, listening to that. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I've listened to maybe a half hour, 40 minutes of that so far. I haven't. I listened to uh, a segment, and I haven't gotten back to it. I plan on it. Do you know much about that? Is that a non-fiction, true story, or is no, it? It's a, it's it's a true story. It's it's how he got started trapping. It's kind of his okay. his yeah. first winter trapping. Yeah, yeah. I was on the line all winter though. Yes, uh, but yeah. it, it it appears that he uh, he kept a really detailed journal. Uh, okay yeah that's how he got all that information and in it it goes all the way up until he left for christmas okay and he he went back to town he basically was running out of food um and he he went back he went to town and after that i guess he got a snowmobile and went back and trapped there for the rest of that season and and beyond but uh the the book ends um, there's no, no information, so I don't know if <clears throat> he has more or if he just stopped taking notes or what happened, but um, this just basically is his first season uh, traveling yeah. out in the bush. And then now... Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. That's like 30 yeah. years ago, I think. 30 or 40. Yeah, so. yeah that's, that was... Uh, I got to finish listening to that. That's pretty neat. But I, uh, I've, I've watched a lot of his videos, I think, over the last few years, Um yeah, I think so he was kind of ab- absent on YouTube for a little bit, and it seems like he's starting to put stuff back up there again. Must just be his time of year. Yeah. So you you learn a lot. You learned a lot about trapping from YouTube, both uh, information and and also it's been entertaining. Did you do you have like a few top channels that you recommend to guys that are looking to to find information on trapping? Yeah, I do. Um, let's see. I think like his channel is one of the definitely one of the ones that I uh, watched a lot of, and uh, that's called Trapping World. Well, yeah, it's Trapping World, and then there's uh, uh, Coon Creek Outdoors. It's a guy from the southern U.S., and he has a lot of you know good videos on uh, coon trapping, and he does a little bit of trapping for coyotes and stuff like that too. He traps fur. Yeah, he seems um, to be like a kind of like a renaissance man. The 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 guy does all kinds of different things. He tans his own. Yeah, and he and, and far as I know, he you know he works long hours too. He does construction and works a lot, so he's able to really make it happen. He talks about going out before and after work and on the weekends, and he does pretty good. And then he you know he tans a bunch of his own fur and sells it that way to try to get more money out of it. Yeah. And he's done videos on that stuff. He's his, doing, yeah, his like, fur handling is pretty good. I learned how to make fish oil. He did a video on on uh, making fish oil. He made a pot, ton. He made gallons and gallons and gallons of it. 
Um, the yep. tanning series was awesome. Uh, the, yeah. the fur handling series was great. Um, all kinds of information. The first guy trapped actually used his to tan it. It came out good. It hasn't rotten or anything. came out all right. So then there's you know, a couple more. There's uh, the Wild North. Um, that was yeah, that's a, Andrew. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is probably more entertainment than anything else. Oh, it is. But you know, it's kind of you kind of get to see some of the sets, and oh. it doesn't really pertain to us here a lot um, because of where he is. You know, he's trapping lynx, wolverine, and then his other method, methods for trapping things like martin aren't legal here. But it's right. still. I like that channel. He's a he's a funny guy. So if you got young kids, you might not want to watch it in front of them. <laughs> Probably not. I think they have a few of the TV episodes. Uh, yes, the TV episodes are clean. Came down as far as those. the language, but yeah, I, I watch those actually with my boys. Um, so basically, for those people who don't know, the Wild North is Andrew Stanley from up in Northwest Territories uh, YouTube channel. As I understand it, he the YouTube channel became so popular. It was up to like 30,000 subscribers or whatever. And uh, Fur Harvesters Auction Company decided to produce a TV show based on Andrew's, you know, his YouTube channel or based on that information. So they went up and filmed. They had a film crew up there. And the TV show is called Fur Harvesters NWT uh, for Northwest Territories. The Fur Harvester sponsored it. There are a few other sponsors. And that, what, what was it called? Did it have just one season, or was there a second season on that? Well, it might have been two. You know, I think I think this, this was probably two short seasons. Yeah, they, they filmed it. Like, I think it was, it was aired in Canada on their TV channel, one of their TV channels. And then... Uh, afterwards, after it was all finished being aired, they put videos up on YouTube, and I could only find the first season on YouTube. But maybe, maybe they put more up since. Yeah, it could be just one. I I didn't know what was it in one of the episodes that he flew over to Finland. Yes, I that was towards the remember. end of the first. Season. Okay, yeah, that might only be one. There might only be one season then. But I thought that was a pretty neat episode. That just was because really cool. Yeah. You got a good inside look at their uh, their auction house over there and all the fur over in Helsinki, Finland. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, I was so surprised at how, how big everything was, uh, how much fur and how clean and organized and everything. You know, it was just a, it was a really neat experience to be able to see that. Yeah, that was pretty neat, definitely, because he was, you know, able to go right around and pretty much even almost find his own fur. That was there, you know, looking at, like, the Wolverine and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was pretty neat. So that's the Wild North. Yeah, I think uh, there's a bunch on there. I think Trapping Inc. TV is one. Rich and Sandy Mellon, they have a a podcast now, and that's a TV show that airs in Canada. Uh, Very well produced, very professionally done, and uh, really nice people. I, I like listening to them. Uh, watching their stuff. Yeah, I think I remember, you know, trying to look for some uh, otter trapping information, and I think I found a couple of good, uh, couple of good ways to set up, you know, otter toilets and stuff like that off of uh, their YouTube channel. So yeah. 
if I remember right. So I think there's definitely some good information on that one. And then uh, Sam Wood Outdoors is another one I thought of. Oh, that yeah, I, Sam Wood. I run into. <laughs> no um, relation to me, know. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy, yeah. huh? Yeah, he is. He does some of his videos. He has a bunch of different type of videos. You know, he does, you know, a bunch of trapping stuff, but he does a bunch of, like, high-powered air rifle stuff as well, I think. Um, And he does some, like, a little bit of cooking, too. Like, I remember one of them, he put a whole coon in a crock pot and <laughs> made pulled coon sandwiches, and nice. I don't think he did it for the camera. I think he actually enjoys it, so yeah. that was interesting. But uh, Yeah, he did a full-length raccoon trapping video, like like what you would see that would you know used to be sold for $40 DVD, and it's yeah. just, he just put it up on YouTube for free. Yep, yeah. Yeah, I've... I've watched a lot of his videos, you know, about coon trapping. They're pretty, they're pretty entertaining. Yeah. They're good. And there's, there's so many more. There's so many, so many people out there that are putting videos up. You know, those are just kind of the big ones. I think I'm probably missing a couple of the real big ones too. Can you think of any? Uh, Wolfer Nation is is a big okay. one. Yep. Um, Clint Locklear Predator Control Group. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the ones that I'm subscribed to. I'm going to pull up my YouTube right now and see. Um, yeah, they, they put really short, shorter videos on theirs, I think. Yes, absolutely. You know, you know those are like two or three minute video clips. And I kind of look for ones that maybe run in the, you know, eight to 15 minute range most of the time. Yep, yep. Um, oh, uh, we forgot Coyote Trapping School, uh, Chris Pope. Oh, yeah. Uh, he does a yep. lot. He does a lot of stuff on there. Um, he's yeah. He was doing. I didn't really follow it, but he was doing like a daily check every time he'd go check the line. He was doing a video every day, posting up on YouTube. So that was pretty cool. Um, uh, Jeff Dunlap, Dunlap Lures. There's a few that yep. he has that I that I've uh, I've learned from. One of the cool things that Jeff did in a video was. He he was using uh, he was using like uh, smoke, like colored dyed smoke, out of a I think it was, it was a spray can or something, and he was using that to show like wind direction and how wind carries from your set. Uh, oh, yeah. And it kind of gives you an idea of how lure disperses through the the air. Uh, that was a good one. Um, oh, three thirty maniac! That guy's got all kinds of uh, okay. stuff. Yeah. You follow? Oh yeah, I've watched. Him. He's he's uh in Wisconsin or Minnesota. Uh, one of them. <laughs> it's one of them. But I oh yeah, I've been right now. He's putting up a bunch of uh, fishing videos. I've been watching, but I've watched most of his uh, beaver trapping stuff. He uh, absolutely yeah. destroys the beaver with three thirties. He must have just tons and tons of, of beavers in that area. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I. Some of those ponds that there's the big beaver lodge in the middle, and then bank dens all the way around. Yeah, I think he must. There must be over a dozen, well over a dozen beaver in those ponds that he's trapping. So, yeah, uh, yeah, his videos are good. I have. Uh, there's a few that I watch that are just kind of guys like me that you know. I've got trapping today. There's a is a YouTube channel, and uh, a lot of it's just like if I go in and make a catch. Uh, I'll I'll film the catch and kind of talk a little bit about the area and why I sat there and and what happened. Um, 
there's a couple other guys that do that that I follow that probably, I don't know if, if many people follow him. There's one, uh, William Larkham Jr. Uh, he does Martin trapping. I think he's in uh, Labrador maybe. I, I, I just say that because I haven't watched all his videos, but the way he talks, his accent, it sounds like he's either from Newfoundland or Labrador. Um, and some of the things he says is, is kind of unique to that area. Uh, uh, Ryan Desjarlais, Desjarlais, uh he's a trapper somewhere up north. Does a lot of Martin trapping too. And uh, there's a few others. Um, oh, Stan Zaray, he's pretty uh, well known. You follow Stan's channel? Yeah, I think they, they upload maybe next last week uh, the, like an hour long video out on the trap line with the dogs and Stan Zaray or yeah, someone. I was, see it. I see it. I haven't watched that yet. Ago. I haven't seen it either. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. When I get around to it, I'll watch that. I've watched a couple of his longer videos, and, and it's not just stuff about trapping. You know, I'm interested in pretty much everything he puts up. Oh, so. absolutely. Uh, yeah, even yeah. you know, the the just, all just that the stuff. life in life in the bush in Alaska, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's more recent. I've been you know watching some of his videos. So, yeah. So we've got YouTube pretty well covered, huh? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff there. It's it's endless. That's that's a good thing. Is that you can always go on and find stuff. To, basically, if you have access to the internet, already paid for it. Free entertainment, and you're gonna learn. So now, yeah, you, know, you, you have to try to sort some of the stuff out. But yeah, so so what are some yeah. of the downfalls of YouTube, and the things that are, are there things that you've seen there that you've realized when you've gone out and tried them that wow that that was absolutely not very good information <laughs> well i mean a lot of the stuff on there is pretty good information i i think you know a lot of the people putting stuff up on youtube or they're putting it takes time to do it to film it edit it put it on there um so it's, it all works it's pretty good stuff but it doesn't really always fit every situation and um you don't you don't learn things like uh if you were with mentor, they would probably tell you don't do that right here because you're gonna make an animal trap shy for instance yeah. uh, like an example is 330s under the ice for beaver if you miss them they're gonna become trap shy and they know what a, a body grip trap is after that probably and you know, you might move into an area where someone just pulled out of and they, you know, scared a bunch of beaver with 330s. And so you're using all those sets and you really would have no, you might have no, and just be super frustrated because of it. You know, you're not catching anything. Yeah. And uh, where someone who is more experienced would be like, okay, we got to maybe use snares or something like that and, or folds and try to, have some other options out there, you know, to catch those beaver. So there's situational um, stuff where this... Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. It. And another thing is where we are, especially for me here in Maine, is, um, you know, a lot of the things I see on YouTube aren't legal here. I'd have to, you know, our laws are very quite lengthy here. And to be able to stay legal, you can't really... You can't do a lot of things that you're seeing on uh, on YouTube, so. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, did you see the video I did on on weasel trapping on on trying to keep it legal? I did. <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. would have set that trap, I would probably be in jail right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> there are just so many things we got to watch out for. So I kind of pointed out a bunch of the stuff, like just in the last few years, uh, that set would have been breaking four or five different regulations. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh it's hard. It's hard to, uh, even sometimes when you think you're doing everything legal, you catch yourself doing something that's like <laughs> yep. borderline or, you know, it's like a, a gray area and you're like, okay, I better, you know, I better fix this. <laughs> you, you almost, you almost have to, uh, run through a checklist before you leave every set. <laughs> you do. And then there's ways for the animals to come by and make your set illegal. Yeah. Tell us about that experience you had. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I had a Martin box, our linked exclusion devices, and I had a, one of those set on the edge of a stream last fall, um, up on the bank, and I had um, I had suckers as bait in the back of it, and I was hoping, you know, maybe catch a Martin if it came by, but I knew there were mink in that brook too, so I figured, you know, I'll put it right here by the brook with some fish oil leading down to the brook and hope that mink will come up. And I probably did like a four or five day check there, and I, I walked down to that trap, and there was half a brook trout, <laughs> five or six inches from the entrance to that box. <laughs> so a mink with a, a trout in his mouth, I'm assuming it was a mink. I guess it could have been an otter, but it came off the bank and uh, stopped at the front of the trap ate half of the trout, left the half there and took off, never went in the trap. But essentially that was an illegal set because we're not allowed to have exposed bait, um, especially outside of those boxes. So, yep. you know, if a game warden would have come by, there's a very high chance they would have been like, he's using brick trout as bait and it's outside of the box, and I'm going to go talk to him about that. And I would just had no idea what he was talking about, and he probably would have thought I was lying. So, yeah, like, that's a that's a really really tough one, and, and that that's kind of rare. That doesn't always doesn't happen very often. But uh, if you're running a lot of sets, you know, there's always a chance that something like that's going to happen. And no, and I even we, with the best, you know, another thing with these boxes is, you know, I'm using, you know, uh, grouse carcasses and stuff like that in the boxes. It's pretty pretty common with the wire boxes for animals to pull feathers outside of that box yeah and our bait in maine is defined as anything that came from an animal um so those feathers being outside of that box you know those are you're starting to get into that thing of having exposed bait so that can be hard you know every time i'm there i'm trying to clean it up you know, it does happen. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot out. of gray areas in in the rules as well, and who defines bait and how the, how they define the definition that's written in the book of what bait is. So it's a you know it's one of those deals where we just you learn all the rules, you know them well, and you have the right intention, and you do your best, and uh, be honest, and hopefully everything works out. But really, a guy can't be looking over his shoulder all the time, uh, feeling like. You know, what if I get caught breaking the law? Because you're not going to be able to enjoy trapping. So no, and that and it's hard. It's it's hard here. It is like that though. There's a lot of times where I'm like, every time I'm setting a trap, I'm like, okay, am I 
is everything all right? Am I am I two hundred yards from that house over there? Am I you know? If you're not out in the woods, the best thing to do is just get out in an unorganized township up here and and trap. And I try to do that. But whenever I do trap in an organized town, I'm definitely running into issues of like making sure you're on the right property, making sure you're far, far enough away from houses in the town and stuff like that. Yep, absolutely. So, um, what about, uh, what about Instagram? You use Instagram to get any information or is it just kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I follow a lot of the pages that are trapping related on Instagram. I wouldn't say that I've I've learned a lot of, you know, stuff off of there. It's more of just, you know, checking it out, seeing, seeing how people are doing with trapping and stuff like that. And they, I guess that's all I'd have to say about Instagram. It's it's good. It's good advertisement for people, and I enjoy seeing the pictures, but I don't, you know, know, I'm not learning a lot off of it. Right. I think I might, you know, see new new products or something if someone posts stuff up there and go to their website and check it out. But yeah, I think for me, it's it's just it keeps gets you excited about trapping when you see other guys catching animals that you trap for. just kind of keeps uh, keeps your your head in the game, I guess, when you can't get out and check your own traps or you don't have traps set, and just uh, keeps you up to speed with what other people are doing. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's entertainment for sure. You see someone with a big fisher, and uh, speaking of that, you sent me a fisher picture from Facebook, and I I don't <coughs> see it on Facebook uh, hardly at all, but you you see a lot of trapping stuff there, don't you? I do. Um, I will say that getting on Facebook, even on the trap, most the trapping pages are really good. I think they're really good about not fighting. Pretty good about not fighting with each other on the trapping pages um, and posting just you know stuff like that, some neat stuff. And a lot of the other pages on you know hunting related and stuff on Facebook are just a mess. Everyone's fighting and. <laughs> It's it's awful. And I, it's stressful to even read it. So I don't, you know, I get on Facebook like once a day and scroll through quick just because I don't like, you know, I see stuff like that Fisher and it's so neat that I don't want to miss out on it. But, right. you know, like that Fisher was, uh, what state was that from? Was Wisconsin or Minnesota, same thing, one of those two states. And it was... 19.8 pounds. Massive, massive fish. Oh, it was, it, it didn't even look like a fisher, to be honest, anymore. <laughs> like a wolverine. The, the size of the head. It, it, yeah, I mean, it was the size of, it was just huge. So that was pretty neat, because I didn't even realize that they could get, you know, to 20 pounds, so. Yep. Yeah, I thought maybe 15 would be, like, maxed out, but I didn't realize. I had never saw a picture of a fisher that big, so. That was pretty neat. Pretty neat to realize that here in Maine, you know, we definitely could grow fisher probably that big too. And yeah, we just can't catch. Although I'd, I'd never catch them unless I'm running footholds and checking them every day. But yeah, yeah, our, they won't with our weather. Exclusion devices, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, I thought about doing some footholds um, the last couple of weeks, but the weather just you know hasn't been all right to do it. We can't. We have to anchor to the ground. We can't anchor to a tree. And uh, the ground's froze under two or three feet of snow, so hard to do. Yeah, it, it wasn't really something I could do, and it, it's too bad because you know I 
I've had Fisher that have been refusing from the explosion devices, and, you know, one of them was pretty sure it was pretty big, so that stinks, but. Yep, it's part of the game. So do you have, yep. uh, are there any specific Facebook pages for on trapping that you recommend? Oh, let's see. I kind of think what they are. I'll pop up Facebook really quick. We'll see if I can, uh see the ones that I look at the most. Are, are these all like private groups that you have to join? Yeah, a lot of them are. A lot of them are groups and a lot of them, you know, they're private and you have to answer a couple questions to get into them. They're, they're really trying their best to sort out people who are anti-trappers and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I can't blame them. They're, they're, uh, moderators for the group are pretty good too. They seem like they, uh, they're pretty quick to get on someone that starts bashing on trapping and kick them out of the group. <laughs> and once they click them, kick them out, you know, they can't see it anymore. So that's, yeah, that's good. Uh, trapping time TV has a page. Um, trapping Inc has a page, a bunch of the same ones from, uh, YouTube and that you find on YouTube or Instagram or yeah. podcasts, they're all going to have a, a lot of them are going to have Except a page on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, you you could have one on there. Yeah, I, I do have you decide one. You, I, I just don't do anything with it. Basically, I just have a Trapping Today Facebook page that uh, redirects, like every time I post something on Trapping Today, it, it gets copied onto the Facebook page. So people can find it. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't go on and interact there yeah there's like there's a main trappers page oh, where it's just people from maine nice. so that's pretty neat you know guys were posting quite a bit about with catches of you know uh coyotes coyotes and uh you know some bobcat stuff so that that was pretty neat earlier in the season um they're posting quite a bit and there's uh like maine coyote and cat hunters is one just here in Maine, I think every state probably has a bunch of these, though. So yep. wherever you are or province, you can probably find something that's more local to you that's going to have, you know, maybe a thousand guys in it or a thousand people that are, you know, interested in that type of thing. So you can ask questions on there and get responses just like you would on a forum, but even quicker because whenever you post on one of those pages, it pops right up on everyone in the group basically gets a notification that there's been a post, yeah. you know, whether they look at that or not. But. Yeah, a lot of times with the forum, you you know, the things just fall down at the bottom of the page or on the second page, and uh, it's gone. And, and unless you go and search it out, uh, you're not going yeah. to be able to keep up to speed. So the forum, seem, the forum is tough because it seems like, like Trapper Man... You almost the people that are on there that keep up with it almost have to be on there constantly, just monitoring everything because you because you're not really getting notifications unless you you specifically subscribe to to certain threads. Yeah, and I mean Trapper Man's a good place too to look for like used traps and stuff, but you'd have to be on there all day, like every hour or two, check it because <laughs> someone's gonna if it's a good deal, someone's hitting. You know, dropping them a message and sending some money through PayPal, yeah, or something like that. I can't blame them. I mean, if it's a if it's a good price, it's going to be gone really quick. So that that can be hard. Yeah, not like eBay where you know you have some time to bid against people and 
stuff like that. Um, but so we. So there's a bunch on there. You just search trapping or trapping on trap. You know, on the search bar on the top of Facebook and find a bunch of groups to try to join. Now, so we have kind of a, an embarrassment of riches here with all these free sources of information and like basically every every uh, social media channel, every, every source of information on the internet and on phone apps is, you know, there's trapping available <coughs> in all of those channels. Um, is there still stuff that you uh, are willing to pay for uh, as, as far as uh, trapping information, um, videos, books, whatever? Yeah, I think I would, you know, I'd definitely still order a DVD or buy a book if it's on a topic that I really want to get into. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was going to focus on one certain, one or two um, animals for a season and I had a lot of time, I'd definitely invest in something like that because, you know, probably the really good information is you have to pay for it still. I, you know, I, I get Trapper's World magazine in the mail. Yep. I like reading that, you know, but I, you know, you pay for it. And that's part of it. You gotta, you gotta decide if you, how much you want the information, I guess. If you're yeah. willing to pay for it or not. It, it, it seems to me like, uh, a lot of the information is is out there in all these different places, and it's good information. But maybe it's it just takes so much time and effort to try and put it together, right? Uh, well, exactly. Like I say, hundreds of hours, where you could buy like you could buy a book that goes in in depth on one or two types of like coyote sets. Yeah, and you know. And if you do that, you're you're gonna be able to read through it in an hour or two, and yeah, somebody you're gonna know what you're put doing. all that information <laughs> in one spot. Yeah, and the, the DVDs are you know they're all better than as good or better than probably better than most of the YouTube stuff. You know, it's it's organized and probably filmed with better equipment, depending on you know what it is. Yeah, because I know there's definitely trapping. Sure. Yeah, there's DVDs out there that aren't as high quality but there's still good information in them right yeah all right well cole um i wanted to see what you would what kind of advice would you give to uh trappers or prospective trappers who are in the position you were in a couple years ago trying to learn um what are some some tips you'd give people well i'd say uh just Start doing it right now and don't wait. Because I, you know, I wish I wouldn't have. Uh, I wish I would have got started trapping earlier. And I can actually remember um, trying to get into a trapping safety course when I was probably in high school, and only to later find out that they canceled it because of lack of participation. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I can remember doing that. So it's like you got to. You might have to work at it to get the trapping course even depending on where you live but i'd say just make it happen um you have to call someone that uh actually does the courses and ask them you know if you and your buddies can get them to do a private course or something like that you know there's a lot of people out there i think that are willing to do something like that if, if 
someone just takes the time to, you know, ask them. Um, I'd say you're going to have to put a good amount of time in and pay close attention. Um, not, uh, you know, when you're watching YouTube videos, not everything's learning just by listening. You know, you want to focus on what else is going on in the video. You might, you know, looking at, like, how that, if that trapper seems to be really good, um, like, they catch a lot of fever. When they're putting that trap in, like, just kind of pay attention to which way, you know, the the dog is facing or the jaws, you know the lovers on the trap because there's a reason why they have done that a certain way and they probably do it the same way every single time they might not say it but yep you know you might be able to learn something from that you know and uh i'd say if you can find someone to try to help you out as a mentor or someone who traps even they can take you out for a day or two i'd say that's I wish that was something that I would have had, so I think you should definitely try to do that. Um, so uh, it is possible to find a local trapper. There's a lot of people still doing it, you know. And if you ask around, you'll you'll find someone who's a trapper, and hopefully, if you ask them, they'll uh, be willing to help you out a little bit, you know. Yep, uh, trapper trapper associations. Uh state state associations i've i found mentors uh and contacts through the association in other states that i've trapped and uh just uh asking around uh ask uh, maybe if you interact with a game warden uh they will know who traps where and they'll they'll know the ones that are are uh good actors and and steer you toward the good actors and the bad actors usually uh well yeah ask people um that's that's excellent that's excellent advice because you like you said there are mentors around um so all right cole you guys you guys heard it from cole uh it is possible to do uh start now uh get out there you have to be active and search for the information and pay attention and and ask around um cole really appreciate having you on i think uh, it was a great discussion and uh we will we will definitely have you on the show again okay thanks for having me all right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Bye.